Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. As the cost of food increases, as Professor Sylvain Charlebois told us a few minutes ago, may some grocery stores not be able to open their doors, at least temporarily, because, well, shortage of food, labor challenges, and uh, including a shortage of truckers to make deliveries, as well as the overall supply chain challenges. Gary Sands is the Senior Vice President of Public Policy with the Canadian Federation of Independent Grocers. He joins us on The Roy Green Show. Gary, thank you very much for the time. Um, What's the greatest single challenge facing independent independent grocery store owners across Canada? Well, right now there's two, actually. I couldn't say one. It's it's the labor shortage combined with product shortages. Um, those are the two biggest single challenges we're, we're facing right now. Can you talk to us first about what the labor challenges are, the labor shortage? Well, you have to understand... Um, uh, Omicron has just ripped through the entire food supply chain. Uh, producers, processors, uh, packagers, distributors, wholesalers, right up to retail grocers. Uh, so we're, our members are reporting absenteeism, labor shortage of vote, everywhere from 15 to 25 percent. And in some sectors, that might even be higher. And, uh, and 15 to 25 percent, having a, um, a reduction in staff in a store of 15 to 25 percent would make it very difficult, I imagine, to operate the business on, a, on, a, on an expected basis. It, it is difficult. You have to understand, too, that, that um, there's been a number of challenges that have had a cumulative impact on retail grocers over the last uh, few months, actually a couple of years with the pandemic. Um, it, is, it is challenging. I, I wouldn't want to... Um, diminish or minimize the challenges that the industry is facing right now and certainly on behalf of my members I, I, I wouldn't want to downplay those at all but I would at the same time um, caution people not to panic we don't want to see a resumption of, of panic buying that just hurts everyone and helps no one yeah when we talk about independent grocers we're talking about grocery stores that are not affiliated and not part of a major chain yes right right that's right and right across the country they exist there's about 6,900 independent grocers in Canada. Uh, many, many of them are located in a myriad of communities that are semi-rural, rural, uh, remote, some in indigenous communities as well. And what people sometimes have to forget in the center of the universe, which otherwise is known as Toronto in Canada, is that often those stores can be the only grocery store in town. So the issues that you're raising and talking about today, we have to really keep our eyes on those communities. And I'm saying not just us, the independent grocers, we, it's industry and government and the public. We have to be very sensitive to the fact this is a big country and we don't want to be getting into the, the realm of starting to worry about food security for those communities. No, we don't. And if you had two communities side by side where the grocery stores, maybe the one store in the community, were not open, then you have a really critical mass situation starting to develop. But let me ask you about that. Uh, when we talk about food shortages, a potential for the independent grocers, the uh, supply chain issue, the uh, the trucks availability, whether it's the vaccine mandate or just the numbers of trucks that are on the road, is there, don't want to scare people, but is there the possibility that some independent grocery stores, labor challenges as well, that some independent grocery stores may, for a given period of time, 
find it necessary to close their doors. Are we talking reality as, a, as opposed to hypotheticals? That's a very, yeah, it is a very hypothetical. We're not seeing anything like that right now. We're tracking with our members what their shortages or what is the industry, what the industry calls their fill rates. And we're about uh, 20 to 30% short uh, for some products. But people are going to be able to get what they want. Uh, it might not be in the quantities that they want. It might not be there this day, but it might be there next week. Um, I, I guess if I could back up, if, if I have the time, just to say that let's let's remember that what we've been through over the last you know few months and couple of years. I mean, we were already in a pandemic pre Omicron. Uh, we had catastrophic uh, flooding in BC, which caused significant widespread damage to the infrastructure. That might that that causes a ripple effect right across the the country. Then Omicron hits, uh, you know, ripping through the supply chain. And remember, this is Canada, and it's January, so we we have winter. Um, that's also a challenge in, in many of those rural and remote communities. And now, um, you know, just this month, we had the cross-border vaccination mandate imposed by both governments. And in our view, we're not arguing too much with the with the requirement, uh, the policy. We, you know, but it it couldn't have come in terms of timing at a worse time. Yeah. Um, our advice would would have been to push the timing of the implementation back, and I'm saying that for both governments, to when we start to see the numbers improve for Omicron, which the, gov- the same governments are telling us we'll start to see uh, in February. Yeah, it's a bit mysterious, isn't it, when we have organizations, national organizations, both in Canada and the United States, like your organization, the CFIG. We also have the CFIB. We have the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. We have uh, provincial governments. We're all saying the same thing. The timing of this vaccine mandate and the reduction of trucks on the road delivering what needs to be delivered when there was already stress. And from what we were told by truck company owners, 5 to 30% of trucks were sitting in the yards, not moving when they should have been. It seems absolutely puzzling that the governments, both of Canada and the United States, would choose the middle of January to introduce a vaccine mandate, does it not? It, it does to us. Uh, I mean, it, it, every truck that's not on the road, uh, we'd rather be seeing a food convoy than a freedom convoy. Yes, sir. That's, well said. I mean, for, for independent grocers, um, I can't overstate the importance of trucking um, to their, uh, you know, their their ability to serve their, their communities. You know, many of those grocery stores that I talked about in those semi-rural, rural, remote communities, they don't have big warehouses sitting there with a ton of inventory. They're very dependent on that truck, and yeah. it might sometimes only be one truck a week to come in. Okay. And again, it's just, you know, I don't want to, you know, I mean, others might, but I don't want to get involved in, yeah. in the debate why the American I hear Canadian government decided to do the vaccination mandate. But again, the timing is just incredible. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.